Blog Talk Radio. Mike and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike. Show only way to go from up from here 
Um, but if you ever need a break from a from a you know a hosting perspective, I would definitely consider bringing on Eric. Matter of fact, Eric is going to be co-hosting with us live next Friday night for the live FFPC Genesis Draft special yeah. start time 9 p.m. Mike. That's the live kick by commentary draft, buddy. The first draft of the year, and uh, I've got the 11 pick. What do you think about that? Well, I tell you what, you know, uh, there's a lot, a lot of things that can happen with that pick because uh, uh, right now it's it's so wide open that you'll be able to uh, grab two real quick and uh, see what happens from there. But uh, Eric Baldwin, he, he's great, man. He's a lot of fun. Uh, I met him in Kentucky uh, last year, and I can't wait to meet him in Kentucky this year in Vegas as well. Uh, so. Uh, and that was good. I can't wait to uh, I can't wait to listen to the show of uh, Eric and uh, Dave. Uh, I'm I'm sure that was uh, sure it was a lot of fun. Oh, they had producers, they had co-hosts, they had a studio environment. The sound was just amazing. Uh, we're gonna have to uh, you know drive to Wisconsin just to get just to see the studio. But let, let me give you the information. Three four seven three two four five four zero four is the number if you want to call in. We have a special guest this evening, a special surprise guest. Calling in here in about 15 minutes or so. Uh, you will not want to miss this dynasty expert. <clears throat> so called dynasty expert coming on here because we've got dynasty drafts starting up all across the country tomorrow. They're they're, they're starting up everywhere. I'm in a dynasty startup. Um, it's it's one of the most exciting things in the sport of fantasy football. It is a dynasty startup. Trades are are fast and furious. The dynasty segment is really kicking off in the high stakes world. Thanks to the FFPC, they've got $500, I think $750 in the $1250 league. They filled like three of those. So it's it's very exciting. Tr- Mike, trading like nothing else, man. You're trading 1-1. One, one. Oh, you're moving back just like in the NFL draft, 1-6 to 1-9, and, and, I'll, and I'll pick up three spots in the second and uh, three spots in the fourth. I, you know, that kind of stuff. The whole draft, it's intense if you've never done it. Yeah, it really is. And I'm, I'm still uh... – I'm still grasping my my brain around it because I had a couple of different offers uh, earlier this week that I shared with you, Scott. And, uh, you know, it's really difficult. Did you make the right choice? You know, do you take the uh, – do you trade the 1-7, the 110 for the 1-4? I, I mean, wh- what do you do with that? And uh, so there's a lot of different things that, that, that goes into it. Dynasty is – it's that's it. it you're, you're looking for the future – the building of the present at the same time. We've got a lot going on. Uh, again, if you want to get at us, uh, Red Blue Radio on Twitter, or you can just ask any question in the chat room. Give us a call, 347-324-5404. Thanks to the folks at thefantasysportschannel.com. We stream live there at fsc.fm, and you can also listen to us on iTunes Radio. So, Mike, we've got a we've got a guide here. Usually, we get about fifty percent of the way through because we just uh, we, you know we, we we don't ever stick to it. We we just go off on a lot of changes. But I want to try to get it the, the best we can. Uh, we've got a lot of rookie picks to talk about tonight. Uh, starting with this guy that I want to start with has not been drafted yet. It's kind of surprising. I don't know if you know much about him, but Lamar Miller from Miami. Somebody's going to get an absolute still here, unless all the pundits and the uh, the prognosticators. You know, we got one in the chat here. Unless they're all wrong, Lamar Miller from Miami was supposed to be a second-round draft pick, and here we are at the end of the 30s, explosive, 1,200 yards, nine touchdowns last year. There are some character concerns, but most 
most of these kids, I mean, they're young and they're going to college. They, they, they all have some kind of issues. But what do you think's wrong with Lamar Miller? Nobody's taking him. Somebody's going to get gold here if they need a running back. Well, obviously, it, it has to be the character issues. Uh, uh, let's face it, with Seattle, uh, Pete Carroll, I mean, he took somebody with uh, character issues, and uh, it and it wasn't uh, Miller. Uh, so there's uh, – there's obviously something else there that uh, shies a lot of these uh, guys, these GMs and uh, coaches away. Uh, you know, this process, this isn't just a uh, one one week, two week process. This is a, this is a process that stems from uh, way back in the fall, fall of last year. So there's got to be something there that just shies them away from it. We've got a good chat room already. The crew, we essentially call our chat room here at Red vs. Blue, some of the best minds in the world of high-stakes fantasy football. I see Jules. I see Alex. I see Dave, Lance, Eric. Uh, Chris Lambert is here. Welcome, Chris. And uh, Syracuse, big Syracuse fan. Brothers Mayhem, a new player at the FFPC, has several uh, FPC medals on display. Kind of, kind of exciting to get these all these this new blood in here this year. It's like that every year. There's always new blood. And, Mike, there's there's nobody more excited about new blood than the Indianapolis Colts. I'm watching him right there on television. This guy, Andrew Luck, if you're a dynasty player, you know, in these developmental leagues, that they allow you to take developmental picks, one developmental pick, you know, unless you trade for more, uh, you're granted one every year. They were taking Andrew Luck like three years ago. As soon as they could take him, they were taking him. And I'm like, man, who is this guy? Well, for several years we've been waiting for the, the coming and the anointing of this Andrew Luck kid and now all of a sudden it, it comes to pass, the first pick in the NFL draft, dream come true, and he takes over the Indianapolis Colts. And look what they do, Mike. They give them the two best tight ends in this year's NFL draft, Kobe Fleener, his running mate there at Stanford, and, and then they do it again. They bring in another tight end, uh, Dwayne Allen, the second highest rated tight end in this draft from Clemson. He won the John Mackey Award uh, for the best best tight end uh, award, uh, you know, in college football. So. What are they trying to well, do? They're, they're, they're putting in the, uh, the New England Patriots system here. Well, Scott, you know, that was something that I wanted to touch on. Uh, the lack of tight ends that were drafted in this, in this, in this particular draft through the first three rounds, uh, it's amazing. I mean, I've only seen uh, three tight ends drafted through the first three rounds, and two of them were uh, by Indianapolis. Uh, so I just – is the tight end uh, situation that uh, that position? I mean, is it going away or what's going on with it? Because there were only three tight ends drafted through the first three rounds, and that really, I mean, that really surprises me. Well, uh, again, you, you've got to you've got to admire what Indianapolis has done in this draft. Grigson and, and, and Coach Chuck Pagano, I, I think there's a little streak of genius in them for doing what they're doing. They were bold enough to get rid of Tammy and let him give him his walking papers. Dallas Clark, I mean, I guess he's going to ride off into the sunset. I still haven't heard what's going to happen to him. But and, and here they take the most talented, big tight end, Mike, 6'6", 250 for Kobe Fleener, and 6'4", 255 for Dwayne Allen. Right. I mean, these guys are flat-out players. And, and, you know, Kobe is going to have to block, you know, a little bit and learn that, you know, but he, he, the fact that he can get off that line 
and, and turn around and be able to make a football move and catch the ball, that's going to give Andrew Luck that time for that offensive line to develop. That's what they need. They, they need to, to be able to develop and grow with him. And you've got to be able to get rid of the ball fast. So they've got Collard, uh, Austin Collie. They've got Reggie Wayne still. Uh, and then they bring in this kid. I don't know much about him. I'm going to have to research him. I don't know all these receivers that, that are coming out of this third round. T.Y. Hilton from Florida International, the Colts took. So you look at what they've done. Their first four picks in the draft are all for Andrew Luck. So pretty interesting to see what they're doing. Well, I, I'm, just, I'm just kind of uh, admiring what uh, these, this, new, uh, this new staff has done. Yeah, that, and that's what, what, that's what they need to do. They need to uh, send around the quarterback. Uh, in my opinion, uh, but the way to you know the way to make the quarterback's day easier every Sunday is getting some blockers. And as long as they have uh, as long as they have the line to do that, then uh, he should be fine. You know, there's going to be a big learning curve, and uh, but you know he'll be fine with that. But you know, just get him some blockers. You can have all the weapons in the world, but if you're three five steps back. And if you've got five people looking at you, breathing down your neck, that does you no good. We are going to have a little bit of movie trivia time, Mike. We're going to give a special shout-out on Twitter uh, to the person who can correctly answer this trivia. Since I see the prognosticator in the room, I want to challenge the assertion that he is the best proposition player of all time. Uh, The movie Rounders, the greatest proposition gambler of all time, held to his father's maxim, you can shear a sheep many times, but you can skin him only once. Who was the greatest proposition gambler of all time, according wow. to Mike McGee, Mike McDermott from the movie Rounders? I'll give the first person in the chat room a shout-out on Twitter if they know the answer to that question. But I will get back to football. Uh, Mike, what we've seen in this draft, obviously Trent Richardson, uh, the special running back, going to the Browns. They they say he's the best since Adrian Peterson. I I I you almost have to believe it from what we saw in college. I mean, he was just absolutely unstoppable. The tandem of him and Ingram, you couldn't really you couldn't really complain when either one of them were on the field. But you knew, Mike, the whole time when Ingram was out there, you knew that Trent Richardson was the better back. It was easy. It was clear to see the, his moves, his stoppability, his burst, his strength, everything. The total package. Where would you take him, Mike? I'm starting a dynasty draft tomorrow. I'm at the sixth pick. I'm expecting the Ray Rices and the Arian Fosters and the Calvin Johnsons and the Aaron Rodgers to go. Uh, but where would you take Trent Richardson in a startup dynasty draft? Wow. Uh, that's a very good question. Uh, in a startup dynasty draft, dynasty draft, a startup dynasty, um, I would probably take him eighth or ninth. Uh, the only reason I would take him uh, that low, I guess you could say, is because, you know, he, he's in a system that's going to take a lot of time to mature. Uh, you have Colt McCoy that is throwing to hardly no receivers. So it's going to be handing the ball to Trent Richardson this first year. In 2012, it's going to be the ball to Trent Richardson, and let's hope that he gains four or five every down. Well, once that happens, or once it doesn't happen, then they got to throw the ball. And Copa is going to throw to who? I don't know. It's probably going to be nobody. So it's going to be a it's going to be a, a process. But I I can't see in a dynasty in a dynasty startup draft 
eight or nine at best. Three four seven three two four five four zero four is the number. We are expecting a special guest to call us in about ten or ten minutes or so. We'll see if he comes through. You won't want to miss that portion of the show. I'm still waiting for Lamar Miller's name to pop up on the on the screen like I missed it I or something. Know, Scott. You know, like like it was gonna happen and, and, and it just didn't happen. I'm so surprised that we're gonna be in the fourth round uh the fourth round here tomorrow and he's still he's still on the board. Uh oh, brother <laughs> We we have a correct answer in the chat room after a couple of incorrect answers. I thought you guys were bigger Rounders fans than that. I'm a I'm a huge Rounders buff. Amarillo Slim, Brothers Mayhem, uh, is the correct uh, answer there. Amarillo Slim, wow. best, best proposition gambler of all time. So, uh, Brothers Mayhem in the chat room, uh, Red versus Blue would like to thank you and congratulate you for winning the uh, ultimate prize of a shout out on Twitter. So. Mike, let's get back to this Trent Richardson. I'm telling you, I, I'm thinking that he is right there. It, it depends on if you're a quarterback kind of guy. After the last couple years, we've watched Rodgers. We've watched Stafford. We've watched Drew Brees break all these records. And this logic is defying the fantasy logic, okay? Uh, it, it, it's ingrained in us to wait on a quarterback. But we have all experienced this unreal, surreal moment where you have a quarterback like an Aaron Rodgers or a Cam Newton getting you 40 points, 45 points in a game, consistently 30 and 35, and you say to yourself, that is just the backbone of my team. And these other guys that struggle, you know, they had a Sam Bradford or an Eli Manning, you know, throughout the year. Uh, I mean, Eli was decent. I mean, he was good, top ten, but but – but not at that elite level where they're outscoring. You know, the top three or four guys are outscoring everybody by 100 points come the end of the year. So it's been leaning on us pretty hard. It's been wearing on me pretty hard. And I won my league last year with Cam Newton in high stakes. And, and really, I'm, I'm all about this guy. I mean, how could you not be? But I'm really – I'm thinking if you don't take a quarterback around that sixth spot, you've got McCoy, you've got Foster, you've got Rice, you've got Calvin. There you go. There's your top four usually. But you've got Rodgers and Cam Newton in there somewhere, along with Breeze. You know, uh, somewhere around there is Trent Richardson. That's his name. And, and at six or seven, I'm I'm having to think that Trent Richardson. If, if if I'm there and I and I can and I can withstand the pressure of taking Cam Newton, I will go Trent Richardson in the draft. Okay, well, then you go for it. But I, I just can't see it. There, there's got to be a lot of different options available. Uh, the only reason I can't see it is because of the defenses that that he's going to have to play every week and the lack of pass offense that he has to play play with. Um, I mean, you're talking about going against Pittsburgh, uh, Baltimore, Cincinnati. Cincinnati has one hell of a defense. Uh, and like I said, Pittsburgh, uh, Baltimore, and, uh, and the fact that Cleveland, they have no uh, pass. Uh, I mean, they can't throw the ball. I mean, the only way they can throw the ball is Trent Richardson decides that he's going to run the ball that well. I mean, I believe he's going to be one heck of a a running back. But right now, I don't see it. I don't see it right now. I just don't. You know, uh, Joe Flacco doesn't really throw the ball that well. I mean, I guess he's in the upper half of the league, so that is a little bit better than, uh, you know, a Colt McCoy. But I'm not even so sure – that Colt McCoy is going to be on this team or on the roster. They were calling him his guy, and then here they go, and they draft this, 
you know, this kid, uh, Brandon Whedon from Oklahoma State. I saw that. He's not a kid. He's 28 years old. So you you draft him because you want uh, to give him a chance to start day one. So I, I think if you do that and you are um, – you're, you're trying to put put together a, a nice little offensive package for the Browns that makes sense. Uh, I can see something. Uh, I can see, you know, Richardson, look, he, he's a talent. He's a mega talent. I'm not going to get carried away. Ray Rice plays in that same division. He's the number one running back in football. If you have the best player, don't overthink it with schedule. This is dynasty we're talking about. He'll be yep. fine. He'll catch balls. He'll get. He'll be competing with Chris Johnson in points this year. Mark it down. Put it, put it down. I said it. Trent Richardson will compete with Chris Johnson this year. So uh, let, let's get on with the draft, man. We've got Trent Richardson. We've talked to Andrew Luck just a little bit. I, 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 so Trent Richardson's our number one pick in the rookie draft. I know Dave and uh, Eric did this, but I think it's important to do. Andrew Luck, uh, again, one of the most special quarterbacks we've seen in a long, long time. Uh, in quarterback leagues, in quarterback scoring leagues, you have to take him one or two uh, right after Richardson. Uh, but in a normal league, I still think you take him before the running backs and wide receivers that are in this year's draft class. I think Andrew Luck, Robert Griffin are the, are the undisputed two and three picks in, in rookie drafts all around the country. What are your thoughts on taking quarterback that high in a rookie draft? Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, it, it's Andrew Luck, Robert Griffin. It, it just depends on uh, what situation, uh, you know, and and what, you know, what you like to get. I mean, do you like the Washington situation? Do you like the Indy situation? Uh, and, like, and like you said, uh, Trent Richardson, do you like the Cleveland situation? Which situation fits best uh, for your uh, particular dynasty league? Uh, you know, if I'm, if I'm drafting one right now, I'm going to probably uh, draft uh, – I'm, I'm probably going to go with uh, Andrew Luck. And, but – it's hard to uh, it's hard not to uh, want to take Griffin either because I mean he's he's got a little bit more weapons I think than Luck does. Yeah, I'm looking at DynastyLeagueFootball.com. They are bold enough to go ahead and put Andrew Luck as their undisputed number one dynasty rookie pick. I can't blame them. I honestly can't blame them. Three of their four uh, writers took Andrew Luck number one, even over Trent Richardson. Uh, again, this kid is going to be a very special quarterback. It might take. Uh, a year to get in, but I think by put, giving him these tight ends, he's got Reggie Wayne, he has Austin Collie. I think he's going to start off out of the gate pretty quick. It's going to be surprising for most folks because I think most folks are saying, look, Washington's in a better situation. They won a lot of games. They beat the New York Giants twice, Alex. And, you know, Washington is in a better situation than Indianapolis Colts. So I think they're going to be comparing these two guys throughout the year. It's the classic Peyton Manning, Ryan Leaf discussion that they had so many years ago. They're going to be watching yeah. these guys all year under a microscope after what Cam Newton did last year. So we're expecting to see greatness out of both of these guys. And and everybody, if if you don't expect it, you're just trying to be contrary to the whole situation because both of these guys are very special players. I would put those in the top three. Number four gets a little tricky for me because I, I look at Justin Blackman. I, I, I love the player. Uh, I watched a lot of Oklahoma State games for the last couple years watching this kid. You know, two years ago, Alshon Jeffrey was, was rated the top wide receiver uh, over Justin Blackman. It was, so it, was, it was always Jeffrey and Blackman. Those two guys were the developmental picks that everybody wanted, the one pick and the two pick after Trent Richardson was uh, already taken. Uh, but 
and, and Jeffrey, you know, had a very bad year last year and, and, you know, huge kid, gained weight, didn't catch nearly as many balls, but Justin Blackman continued and built upon his dominance there with Wheaton at Oklahoma State. Now he goes to Jacksonville, and if you're Blaine Gabbert, you have no, uh, you have really no excuses now to not grow in this offense. They brought in Lawrence Robinson. You still have Mike Thomas. You have Mercedes Lewis, and now you have a big six-one. He plays bigger than that, two hundred pound wide receiver in Justin Blackman that does make plays. Um, I, I think I put him at my number four pick just because I, I look and say he may not be Julio Jones, he may not be A.J. Green, but he's right there. And if I had that chance to, to look at the draft again, Julio and A.J. are right at the top. So I've got to put Justin Blackman there before those running backs, that gaggle of running backs that we're going to talk about. Yeah, you know, uh, Justin Blackman, uh, I mean, he, he deserves to be number four. uh the running backs that we're getting ready to talk about, uh, you know, they're they're kind of mid uh, mid range. Uh, the one guy that I would put in the uh, in the mix also would be uh, Kendall Wright uh, to Tennessee. You know, I, I really like that pick that Tennessee made. Uh, you know, they've got offense; uh, they're kind of in, in flux, so to speak. But I think Kendall Wright could be uh, can, can be very good for them and. Uh, A.J. Jenkins, like you talked about, uh, A.J. Jenkins, uh, he could be pretty good at San Fran. But to make an immediate impact, uh, Justin Blackman is going to be the guy uh, definitely with Jacksonville as long as they can get some offense going. All right, Mike, we're going to bring in a special surprise guest for the evening. This special guest uh, loves to talk dynasty football just like I do. And I'm going to bring him on, and I want my special guest to just say a couple of words without revealing yourself, and let's find out uh, if we can find out who this special mystery guest is tonight. Mystery you guest? Are now, here. You are now in the arena. Who do you have? That can be only one man, one man only. Invictus is in the house. Michael Bronte, what do you say, my man? How are you? Hey, Scotty, thank you for that uh, wonderful and interesting build-up. Quite an intro. Thank you, thank you. I am good. Uh, a little under the weather, and uh, the only cure is uh, more dynasty and more cowbell, but uh, good to be here, buddy. Man, you are actually in this draft with me tomorrow. Uh, we're in, Are we on different sides of the draft? There's two 12-man leagues in that thing. Yes, uh, I'm on the uh, active side. I think you're on the hyper side. Oh, no, no, I'm on active side, too, so oh, here we oh, go. Oh, right. well, you're on my side. Here yes. we go, man. It's, it's going to be something. We, uh, we, Michael and I also partake in that uh, 1250 Dynasty over at FFPC. It's a battle every year. There's several good teams uh, in that thing, and uh, we're, we're, we're all fighting for that same, uh, that same prize, that championship check. So, Mike, let's talk about what we see here in this draft. I, we, we've already broke down the top four picks. We've got Richardson, Luck, Griffin, and Blackman. And then you have this gaggle of uh, Michael Floyd in there, uh, but he's got Larry Fitzgerald, you've got, and he's got Kevin Cobb. Who knows how that Let, – let's talk about Michael Floyd for a second. Great product out of Notre Dame. We've watched him for several years. We've known he was going to be great. He ran into the problems at school. He loves the Lord. He reads his Holy Bible. You know, he's really down with God and everything. But he does have a, some character concerns that people were worried about then, not so much now. And he goes to Kevin Cobb in Arizona to be Larry Fitzgerald's sidekick. What kind of upside do you think we're talking about here? 
I think it's limited as long as, uh, as you said, Kevin Cobb is uh, taking snaps under center, and even John Skelton. I really don't believe they have a franchise quarterback on the roster, and I was very, very – that was probably one of my uh, personally most disappointing moments for the draft was to see Michael Floyd go to Arizona, as I, I really, really liked him. And as you said, I, I think he definitely turned a corner personally because he does possess uh, a fantastic skill set. He uh, has the side, the jump ball ability, everything you're looking for in a true number one receiver. I hate the landing spot, and you have to cap his uh, his fantasy uh, upside while while Kevin Cobb and or Skelton are there. Michael Trent, I'll, I'll direct this to you, man. There are absolutely no excuses for Kevin Cobb now. You got you had one year to get under the system, learn it. Now you come in, you have Fitz, Andre Roberts, you got Doucette, and now you have Michael Floyd. Uh, if, I mean, as long as you have a running back back there, you have no excuses. Did we lose Michael Trent already? Michael Trent is there, and he is in the chat room, but he is not responding. Mike? Yo! Oh. Somebody, somebody better send the paramedics over there. Where, where's my siren? Where's my siren for Mike? There he is, Mike. We were getting ready. To, we were getting ready to call nine one one, buddy. You okay? Don't, don't do that. Don't do that. The, the question was posed to you, man. Kevin Cobb. There's no excuses now if you're this guy, right? You, you got to do it this year. Yeah, I agree. I mean, uh, there is no excuses. He has uh, plenty of receivers, and uh, there's going to be a, a chance for him to, you know, progress. But, uh, you know, the one thing that sound can only be one thing. The buzzer meter has made its debut uh, on Red vs. Blues 2012 season, man. We had to hear it. So, hey, uh, guys, look, Mike, uh, I accidentally skipped my five picks. Uh, for my, for Michael Floyd, I have Michael Floyd actually at six. What do you think of Doug Martin, uh, the last pick in the uh, in the draft, um, uh, the second the second to last pick in the draft, going uh, in the first round, going to um, Tampa Bay from Boise State? He looks like a three down back, Mr. Bronte. He is a three down back. I have him as the second running back on my board and uh, very, very close to Mr. TR, Trent Richardson, who uh, I could spend an hour alone on how I feel uh, Cleveland really uh, overpaid, and I think he's going to be uh, overvalued for dynasty purposes going forward. I think he's not going to last very long. And I'm uh, a lot more uh, skeptical of uh, TR's. Uh, prospects going forward and if I own the one one I've talked about this quite a bit I, I would have traded it out because I don't think his perceived value is ever going to be higher for Richardson so getting to uh, the subject of Doug Martin I love him and I thought it was a great pick for Tampa Bay I still like what uh, LeGarrette Blunt can bring to the table I think guys are discarding him and getting rid of him a little bit too quickly and writing him off completely because it is going to be such a run-oriented offense with the the new head coach, Shiano, and I think you're going to need both of them, especially at first, and we're seeing it. It's not a uh, one-running-back system anymore. There are very few of them. 
very few of these guys can hold up, and I think LeGarrette still does offer a nice skill set, a unique one. And uh, collectively, I think that whole team just quit last year. It wasn't just Blunt or any one player on the team. But right. Doug Martin, I, I love him. He's got a great skill set and absolute uh, – I'm sure the Giants were looking to take him, and they were disappointed and they had to settle for uh, David Wilson. But, uh, yeah, I really love Martin, and I don't think you're getting a guy who's that far below Trent Richardson. And I think in the long run, he's probably in a better spot. So that's what I feel about Dougie Martin. We have Mike. Uh, if if I can uh, jump in real quick, uh, David Wilson, uh, you, you said something about him. Uh, in two years from now, uh, where do you see uh, David Wilson, uh, for instance, for the Giants versus Doug Martin for Tampa Bay? I see Doug Martin uh, being a better NFL player and a better fantasy player. I'm, I like what David Wilson brings to the table in upside, I think he needs a really good running backs coach. Very, very undisciplined guy. He brings a lot of athleticism and, and uh, again, just physical talent to his game, but puts the ball on the ground a lot. He uh, goes for the home run a little bit too much for my taste. I, I watched him quite a bit, actually, because I had owned him in a league where we can roster the, uh, a lot of these guys already. And uh, he goes for the uh, home run all the time instead of using his blockers, taking what the defense gives him. I've seen him take way too many plays of 15-yard losses, and I think he's going to drive Tom Coughlin crazy for a while. He does have nice upside potential if he has a very strong running backs coach that could teach him some discipline. But overall, I'd much rather have Doug Martin. Cool. All right, thanks. Mr. Bronte, you have a question in the chat room from Sports Betting Man. He asks, is it or is it not a bad idea to trade away top five-round picks in a startup dynasty draft? Is it a bad idea to trade away, uh, does he mean overall, one through five, or top five, first five rounds total? Yeah, first five rounds, I think, is what he's referring to. Uh, absolutely, it's not a bad idea to trade them away. You could usually, especially during the draft, you could usually get quite a bit because once uh, somebody who does want to trade with you, they're going to have their eye set on a certain player. And uh, that's when you're going to get the most value for them. Where I've seen guys pay quite a bit for you to just drop back a few spots or a half a round or a round. So. And, and again, guys give me uh, raise eyebrows over this, but I compare it to look at your better clubs in the NFL, they trade back. The Patriots trade back. The Packers trade back. They accumulate picks because we see it so often in what we do in Dynasty or Fantasy in general, and we see it in the NFL. Many, many players don't pan out or they end up in bad positions. So you want to have as many options as possible. So I personally do like to accumulate picks and trade back. So I think it's a good idea. Three four seven three two four five four zero four is the number. If you have a question, for Michael Bronte, he is live on Red versus Blue High Stakes Radio. Uh, Scott Atkins and Michael Prince. We've got 25 minutes left in the show, and we have another question in the chat room from Henry Muto. He was offered Jonathan Stewart, Demarius Thomas, a first-round pick, a rookie pick, and three second-round rookie picks for the 1-1. One, one. Deal or no deal? Oh, my God. Hit accept as quick as you possibly can. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, absolutely. Take that take that train. (laughs) That's what I'm talking about. That that was my point right now. So because everybody wants Trent Richardson, for example, he's never ever gonna live up to that kind of value. Just think 
what you can do with all those picks. You could trade them all individually. You could keep all those players. Do you know what a boon that is to your team? And let's face it, how good can best case scenario? You know, Trent Richardson. What is even if he becomes Arian Foster? Still, I just don't see that happening. And look at look at that ransom somebody's willing to pay you. I mean, there you go. I don't think you would ever trade Arian Foster for that, Stewart. Like uh, like Muto's saying, Stewart, uh, what has Stewart done so far? A whole lot of nothing. So you're you're buying on the premise that he is going to improve, that Peyton is going to improve the Marius, the first round rookie pick, and the three seconds. Who knows what that's going to be? Uh, a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush, kind of thing. Is that what we're talking about, Mike Trent, Trent Richardson? That's a lot to give. It is a lot to give, and, I, and as I said, I would take that and not bat an eye, and I'd be so happy to have it because, especially in the dynasty community, and you know this, Scott, uh, Jonathan Stewart, for example, has been a, a darling of the dynasty community, and, and I've said it, he's always been a guy that's been overrated and overdrafted and overvalued, and he still is, but, uh, just, but that's what we have to use to our benefit. The perception of many of these guys, especially for dynasty and trading purposes, is just as valuable or more valuable than their actual value or what they're really going to produce on the field. The perception is reality, and you have to balance that out. And right now, the perception of Trent Richardson, for example, is through the roof. It's sky high. It's, no matter what this guy does, I don't see his value being any higher than it is right now. So for the 1-1, one, one, you, you could almost name your price. Michael Bronte is our guest, host of the Big Effin' Dynasty Show. He and Shane Hallam every Tuesday night at 10 p.m. in the arena. Let's make a steal. Great, great show. We're honored to have you on the program tonight. Let's keep talking about the rest of this draft as we move on through the program. Uh, we've already talked Doug Martin, Michael Floyd, David Wilson. Those are my top seven picks. Now you now things start to get interesting. In the FFPC, obviously this Kobe Fleener is going to be uh, in the discussion uh, you, you may have to take a look at the Dwayne Allen. You don't know how Indianapolis are going to use it. You know what they're going to throw to Kobe Fleener. He's going to be the passing, uh, receiving threat there for Andrew Luck. And they're going to, and they're going to have, uh, I think they're going to use Dwayne Allen in a similar role, but maybe a little bit more blocking. So it's going to be interesting to see how they use them. FFPC, one and a half points per catch. How high would you put Kobe Fleener in an FFPC-type format? I see him. He's going to go. I'd say mid to late first round in many drafts because people, after what happened last year with Graham and Gronk, and uh, if you really go and look at the uh, tight ends on the board, how many of them have upside? There aren't that many. So uh, I think everybody, and it is such a uh, advantage, a weekly advantage when you have one of those tight ends producing like that. So guys are going to absolutely be willing to take the shot with with the Fleener, especially with the uh, hookup that they, they're both playing together from Stanford, and everybody sees that and, and the great potential there. And the fact that, as I said, there aren't that many of them. And looking where a lot of these uh, rookies end, landed and ended up, it was very disappointing fantasy-wise, I think, the first couple of days of the draft. So that, in turn, makes a guy like Fleener probably hold a little bit more value than he probably should have or could have had some of these other bigger wideouts ended up in better places. So I see him as, a, as a, at worst, probably a late first-round pick in the FFP. Hey, Mike, uh, uh, Yeah, let me jump in real quick. Uh, you know, I'm having a hard time. I've got, uh, in one of my dynasty leagues, I've got a couple of uh, quarterbacks that are 
Well, so-so, uh, we'll talk about Matt Schaub and Colt McCoy. And uh, after, and I don't have an early draft pick, so Andrew Luck and Robert Griffin, they'll be off the board. So do I even waste my time with uh, Tannehill or uh, Whedon or, you know, Oswaller? I mean, do, do I even do that? You've got I the four pick. You, you said you have the four pick, Mike, is that correct? No, seven ten. I got oh, seven, one ten. seven to one ten. Go ahead, feel that, Mike. I personally wouldn't. I mean, I do like the upside of uh, Tannehill, for example, but very raw. He's got work to do. And again, looking at a team like Miami, you got to ask yourself who's even if he starts day one, who's he throwing to? They drafted uh, Michael Agnew, I think, in the in the third round tonight. Uh, Miami. Other than that. They have Clyde Gates on the roster and a uh, Gimpy Devon Best from last year. So to use Tannehill, for example, I wouldn't put him on any of my teams unless it's a really super deep roster where you could afford, you know, we we're talking 25, 26-man rosters, which is not FFP. So he wouldn't make it to my roster. Same thing with Osweiler, any of those quarterbacks. I'm not very big on rostering quarterbacks, especially early in drafts. I mean, this year it is a little bit special because of a luck and a griffin, and again, taking into account that perception of value in the dynasty community after what Cam Newton did last year, and the fact that they are, they do have the potential to be studs for many years. Uh, they are very, very well-rounded and absolutely have the uh, high, high potential, but they also gain more because, as I said, many of these skill position players we were waiting to see in land in hot spots did not, so it did bump up their value. But me personally, beyond Luck and Griffin, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't bother with any of the quarterbacks in the rookie drafts. Cool. Yep, I totally yeah. I totally agree with that. Um, you've got a lot of players here, Mike. It's a seven ten pitch. Just go ahead and load up on some talent here. Whatever falls to you, you're probably going to have a chance. Like I said yesterday, the seven pick became very valuable because you're going to be able to take whatever's left. I mean, even if you're not a big fan of David Wilson, I still think you take him there, uh, unless you want to unless you want to go for a guy like Isaiah Pede uh, from the who's, who went to the Rams. I mean, Stephen Jackson doesn't have a lot of time left. Uh, he's a five ten back, Big East Player of the Year last year for played at Cincinnati, Mike. So you you've seen quite a few games. Us being from the Midwest here. We've seen a lot of Isaiah Pete. He's a very strong, gifted running back. Kind of reminds me of a Ray Rice, really, in, in the way he runs. I mean, he's not, he's not, you know, he is big, five uh, ten, two hundred pounds. I mean, he's he's got a nice, uh, nice game to him. Then I look at Ronnie Hillman and Michael Bronte. I want to get your take on this, buddy. Uh, San Diego State, five nine, two hundred pounds. Uh, Broncos goes to the Broncos. He's a third year sophomore last fall, and Cleveland traded up and sent. Um, they sent um, a third and a fourth rounder to somebody uh, to, to get that pick. I, I can't remember who it was, but Hillman, 1,700 yards, 19 touchdowns in that uh, in that conference. The year before that, as a freshman, 1,500 yards and 17 touchdowns. He catches the ball. I'm, I'm saying if you're Moreno, you better watch out. You're going to lose your third down status. And McGahee, you maybe have a year left. What do you think about Ronnie Hillman? I like Ronnie Hillman a lot, especially value-wise, as you pointed out. And you got to remember, people, again, they may say, ah, oh, he's not that great of a size. That was about what Clinton Portis weighed when he came into the league, and ironically, same team, Denver. So yeah. I like Ronnie Hillman a lot. He was put on my radar. Actually, he had a nice combine. 
but I remember specifically Marshall Falk talking about him, and I went back and looked at tape of him, and uh, I really, really was impressed with him. And he ended up in probably, arguably, one of the best landing spots. So when you combine the two, great potential, a lot of guys are not wise to him, and landing in a great spot, you know, again, that's a guy for me. Uh, I, I certainly wouldn't overpay. It goes to show you what you get for Richardson. I like David. Uh, David Wilson's okay, as you said, but really like Ronnie Hillman. And the other guy I do like, too, and again, a nice landing spot. He doesn't have to do it right away. You're still going to get a pretty good value with him is Isaiah Pede. Go watch him. Same thing, one of those low, built-to-the-ground guys, very quick, really good in space, good change of direction. And, again, these guys get thicker quickly, physically, if you watch them. Uh, look, look at many of them that have come into the league. And, again, as I said, Clinton Portis was only 200 pounds when he came in. Look at Reggie Bush, how much thicker he's gotten. Ray Rice, Jones Drew, they've all gotten bigger and stronger. And these low-to-the-ground guys like that, if they know how to use their blockers, they hide behind them, and they're probably in the long run more successful. Their knees and ankles don't get hit as much as these taller guys. So you just pick two backs that I really like that I would certainly be targeting or, or will be targeting in my drafts, so especially where you're getting them. Well, that makes well, a lot of sense to me, Mike. I mean, you're talking about uh, players that get uh, thicker and uh, bigger when they uh, – <clears throat> Excuse me. When the NFL, I mean, that that's so true, and uh, you know, a lot of them do, and a lot of them will. So uh, that makes sense. Uh, you know, I I like switch gears. Uh, whenever uh, you're ready to talk about wide receivers, Scott, I would love to talk about a wide receiver way down in the third round. Well, sure, Mike. We've uh, we're, we're we're nearing that spot here at the uh, at the end of the first round. If, if these guys have all went, like we said, Fleener, Pede, and Hillman, you know, you've got savvy owners in your league. They're thinking the same thing you are, and so picks don't fall. And so you're at the 11th pick, and, you're, and you need to do something. You could go Kendall Wright, uh, you know, Robert Griffin's sidekick there. He went to Tennessee. And, and, man, if you're a Kenny Britt owner, you've got to love that pick because you need to do anything to free up some of the enormous pressure that they started to put on Britt. I mean, double teams. They they still can't stop him, but it's gonna it's gonna really open up things for him. I'm I'm, I'm fascinated to watch Jake Locker's uh, improvement. Uh, you've got AJ Jenkins uh, that, that went. Um, that's the San Francisco kid, right? I mean, he he goes to San Francisco because he runs a four three forty, and I'm like, don't you already have that on your team, Mike? I mean, you've got you, you've got uh, the kid from Ohio State with the uh, uh, Ted Ginn, right? I mean, isn't that that's basically the same guy, right? Or is he a Deshaun Jackson? How do you know? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's just there's a lot of options. There's a lot of options there. I'm just looking for something better uh, when you come down to different players. And, uh, you know, especially when you throw throw in these uh, new players that's coming along. I mean, I'm looking at this one guy. uh, He he was drafted in third round, uh, Debbie Posey, Houston. Uh, Guys, what do you think about him? I actually think it's a great landing spot, and I've been screaming at this team for years, the Texans, when are they going to get a good second wide out there? And, again, Devere Posey, another guy falling under the radar because uh, I think he was suspended for a good part of the year, and uh, I I really like him. He's got a really, really sneaky skill set. And, again, a guy, great value that I'd be looking at on that team, absolutely, because other than Andre Johnson, the tight ends are getting really old there. And 
they have to shore up that position. And again, at Devere Posey, where you're talking about taking him, absolutely. Uh, you know, looking at a lot of the landing spots, that's a big thing with me, the landing spots, who's throwing them the ball. Devere Posey ended up in a great spot. Another guy, uh, again, Reuben Randall. I can't believe how far he dropped. And historically, that third wideout position for the Giants that Mario Manningham yeah. occupied, at least when he was healthy, when he was on the field, they upgraded there. Reuben Randall, really nice nice guy to keep your eye on, a, a big, strong kid, going to be a great red zone guy. And I, I figure him to stay on the field a whole lot more than Mario Manningham as well. Yeah, I, th- oh. I think uh, just just to start the conversation, you, you you started with Posey, Mike, and I think what people didn't get to see is what 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 we all wanted to see this year. Ohio State wasn't very good. Uh, he only suited up for three games during his senior year after injuries. He had the suspension. So you're talking about uh, character issues. You're talking about injury risks. And uh, you know, there's, Ohio State is usually they look good on you know when you're watching it because they're so dominant. But uh, I, I think the kid has enough skill to be able to groom. He's much better than, you know, what a Jacoby uh, Jones has to offer. I mean, I think you have to try something. Like like you said, Mike, you got you got to try something if you're Houston to have that other side of the ball. If you have the other side of the ball and you and you take care of the uh, the situation over the middle, I mean, as long as Daniels is still healthy and you've got the tight, there's nothing that's going to stop that team. Defense, offense, everything's there. Uh, that's a team that you, you got to put a um, – a Super Bowl bet on, you know, if you can get 20 to 30 to 1 or something, you got to do it because that team is, like, ready to take that next step, especially if Andre Johnson can stay healthy. So I like him. Ruben Randall, uh, this was kind of an interesting pick. If you're the Giants, you really don't need anything, right? I mean, you just kind of take the best player on the board, and I guess I guess they feel that since they've lost Mario Manningham with uh, that, you know, they get that second-round pick, they get LSU's Ruben Randall, 6'2", 200 pounds, former high school quarterback, He's still kind of learning the receiver spot, but he has a lot of upside, Mike. There's that word. I know you love it. Um, <laughs> upside. Uh, 1,600 yards, 13 touchdowns. I, 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 it's not all that impressive in the, in the, in the years that he played, but um, the Giants are just looking to see what he uh, – he's got physical gifts, physical talents. And you got to let these scouts do their job. And, and you know, everybody that, that looked at this kid said he's a second-round talent. So to get him where they got him, uh, it, it's just another case of the Giants doing what they do. They're a great organization. They always win, and um, there you have it. You know, so Mike, you're still doing the, uh, the still still doing the show Tuesday nights, 10 p.m. Shane Hallam, the Big F and Dynasty show. Um, love having you on the show, man. You're welcome here on Red versus the Blue anytime, buddy. Um, we're we're going to start that draft. That draft starts tomorrow. What is your um, what is your draft pick over there? I actually did. Uh, I had the one one, and I traded back to the one ten. So uh, wow. I, I I practice what I preach, my friend. And absolutely, you. Wow. Uh, and likewise, you are quite welcome. And uh, we'll have to make a uh, set a time and a date for you to come and uh, chat a bit about, especially once our our big drafts and our twelve fifty gets going. You got to come and uh, chat with Shane and I, and and. Uh, the uh, number one uh, sports uh, chat room and uh, audience we have rocking and rolling every week. So absolutely, Scotty, you got to come and uh, come and say hey. Michael Bronte from the Big F and Dynasty Show. Thank you, my friend. We'll talk to you soon. All right, thank you, Scott and Mike as well. Thanks, Great Mike. to catch up with you. Glad to have you back, and uh, glad you guys are here kicking off the season. Thanks again, brothers. Ciao. Thank you.
What a uh, what a hey the mystery guest came through my man Michael Bronte uh, on Red versus Blue Mike listen we've got the Genesis draft the live pick by pick commentary draft coming up next week we special start time 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time we'll have the draft board updating on the scene it'll be one of the you know it's always a great show when we have the live draft going on for the high stakes Absolutely. industry we, we we do the drafts for the SFPC we do the drafts for the NFFC. And we, we we love every second of those because they're just a lot of fun. I, I got to tell you, I don't remember seeing those before we did them. Okay, and that's just that's just the way it is. They weren't being done before we were doing them, and now you see them a, a little bit everywhere. So um, well, I, 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 just, Scott, I, I like to think they had something to do with that. Yeah, there, there's no more fun for me, and I know it's fun for you uh, up there in Indy. Uh, it's fun for me here in Brandenburg. Uh, just to, uh, you know, just to take in every pick and every uh, every pick that goes on, and we can uh, commentate on it. And the drafter is uh, going, well, what did I do here? What did I do wrong here? Did I do right here, or what have you? And we're sitting here commentating on it. But man, the live draft is—it's some of the best uh, best uh, best shows we've had, and I absolutely love it, Scott. Really good. Well, we're 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 thankful and lucky to have some very good drafters in that draft. Jules McLean is there. She's in the chat room tonight. Um, we we have uh, Tommy Yates in there. We've got um, uh, John Duckworth. We've got just so many names in the Genesis draft every single year. You never know. Rich Dunn. You got all these guys that are are you know playing at the very top of the game. Uh, in the world of high-stakes fantasy football. And that's what it's all about, putting your name out there, uh, getting into these leagues. You know, I see Brothers Mayhem in the league, and I'm like, man, I remember my first year going into a high-stakes draft. I was so pumped. I was I was soaking up everything I could on every message board and every show. I mean, they didn't have shows back then, really. We had chat rooms, you know, on the uh, in the message board. That was the world we lived in. And we still do yeah. to this day, but it's – it's nothing like it was back then because everybody was still just getting them, their personality out on the boards. Now, now for all of us veterans, we all know who everybody is. So the only people we have to know, learn from, are the new guys, you know. And we kind of got to let them know who we are. Oh. And so some of well, us do radio shows. Some of us are on the message board. Some of us, you're just gonna have to buy you what to buy you a beer, or you buy me a beer when I'm in Vegas. Okay, that would be even better, you know. I'll sit down and have a beer well, with you. <laughs> You know, I gotta, I gotta admit, uh, I'm gonna be a new guy in Las Vegas with uh, Rachel and myself uh, because we we did so well in the Kentucky League, and it's uh, Farrell Elliott. They got a great relationship with uh, Alex and uh, Dave uh, with the FFPC that uh, we are able to. Uh, we got a free entry to the main event in the FFPC, so. I'm I'm just uh, I can't wait till September. I mean I cannot wait, and it's it's going to be a lot of fun. That's right. Uh, we have two Packer in the chat room. He was asking how he could get on the wait list for Genesis, but the FFPC did announce that they're going to start up Revelations. Uh, kind of fitting there. Uh, kind of play on words. The Revelations League is starting. Uh, either an hour later or something along that lines. Uh, might be kind of neat to see those guys at the high-stakes fantasy hour maybe take on uh, – oh, actually, they're going to do their show before Genesis, so they're going to be able to lead us off, and then, bam, as soon as their show is over, we're going to be Perfect. starting off with pick, pick number one in the Genesis draft. So it's going to be, again, another nice Friday night, especially if you have kids and you're not out uh, not out partying up. 
come back with us. Tune in to High Stakes Fantasy Hour, hosted by Eric Baltman and Dave Gerzak, and then pop over to Red vs. Blue and listen to us talk. Uh, Eric Baltman will be our special co-host on the evening, so he's going to be the hardest-working man in fantasy sports yeah. that day. And, and I'll tell you what. Out. You know, you know how it is when we grab and I host the show. It's very difficult, so I'm going to really lean on you, my man. I need you to do your research. I need you to have your your material ready, man, and because uh, I'm going to be studying my picks. <laughs> I'm going to thank Eric ahead of time because that's Oaks Day, and I'll be at the Oaks all day. But uh, I told you I'd be there, and uh, I can't wait for it. All right, man. Well, it's going to be fun. We've got uh, just a few minutes left here in the show. Um, what, what can we talk about? We, we, you saw my New York Jets. I gotta no, have my. I tell you what we can talk about. You, you want something to talk about, Scott? No, I'm not gonna talk about it. Go ahead. All right, let's talk about Kentucky and oh. Louisville. No, yeah, okay. you want something? Hey, let's go. Now I'm gonna spend two minutes. We've got about four minutes to go, so let me let me do my crowing. Big blue, big blue, eight number eight. We got eight. Eight national championships, and I know there's somebody out there that understands what eight is all about. Adolf Rupp does. I guarantee you that. Rick Pitino, he understands one. But anyway, congratulations to the University of Kentucky Wildcats. Congratulations to John Calipari and all those naysayers that say, well, he cheated, he cheated, he cheated. I don't know about that. Who doesn't cheat? But anyway, I'm I'm really happy for that team, and so I'm gonna leave that. I'm gonna that dog is out of the barn, or that cow's out of the barn, so we're done. You know that banner won't be there five years from now. That's all I gotta say. Let's move on, man. We've got a we've got a couple of a uh, couple of minutes left in the show. You know, Stephen Hill. Uh, I only got one pick right on all my uh, predictions tonight. I picked Kobe Fleener to the Colts, and I got that right. Uh, I was really surprised. We haven't brought up – I brought up Alshon Jeffrey's name. Uh, again, he was ranked just as high, if not higher, than Justin Blackman before his last year, okay, at South Carolina at the Gamecocks. So, you, you've got if, – if, especially when you're in these dynasty leagues, here's something it does for you. It gives you a chance to really get into these college players before they make it to the pro. Because a lot of you guys – you know, a lot of NFL uh, fantasy players, they, they just, they're just into the NFL. They're not really into college that much. And so they really only introduce to uh, fantasy players once they get drafted. Well, Alshon Jeffrey is one of those guys that he just let the weight get on him. It looked like he kind of took uh, plays off last year. But if he gets back and rounds into his form that he had the year prior, Chicago Bears got themselves one heck of a wide receiver and one heck of a football player, Mike. I mean, opposite Brandon Marshall, that's going to be a real scary offense, uh, especially with Matt Forte and Michael Bush. What are the Bears doing on offense, offense, defense? That could be a, a heck of a contender next year. That, that that could be very good. And, you know, that's funny that because he was drafted, uh, what, uh, this second round. I mean, he, he's going to be a, he's going to be solid. So, I don't know. I, I just uh, – I think Chicago has a lot of upside. Oh, my God, I said it. But – Chicago has a lot of upside, and there's going to be a lot of things happening. Uh, Scott, I'm going to have to, uh, I'm going to have to sign off with Union Rags in the Derby. Union Rags. Got it. <laughs> I hear Rachel in the background. Hey, Rachel, I still don't have my Derby pick yet. I, I love that time of year. I'm going to get my program probably next Thursday or Wednesday and start really kicking in, digesting all the races. 
And, uh, you know, I'll be celebrating and watching all the races that that uh, coming Saturday as well. But we've got Genesis Draft. We've got the Kentucky Derby the following Saturday. It's going to be a great week. Uh, we've got tomorrow. We've got the last couple of rounds in the NFL Draft. Thanks for being a part of Red vs. Blue, the crew, the Thanks, chat crew. room here at Red vs. Blue. And, uh, Mike, thank you for being back here. It's always a blast to host a show with you. And uh, we will talk to you next Friday night, my man. Sounds great, man. Thanks to all the crew. Back and better than ever. We'll see you next time.